At this time, I would like to invite the children forward if you want to come up and sit in the first uh, rows. Today, we are taking a break from uh, the Acts series. And the reason we're doing that is because DJ asked me to preach. And it's not that I don't like preaching about Acts. It's instead because I was assigned to lead junior church today. So I couldn't do that and preach at the same time. I still haven't discovered how to be in two places at the same time. So I asked uh, Pastor DJ if I could do a sermon that would be applicable to all ages. Therefore, we wouldn't, you won't have to go out for junior church. You can stay right here in the sanctuary doing that. So we're going to have a children's sermon first, and then you guys can stay here. You don't have to go out for, uh, for junior church. Now, while we are taking a break from the Acts series, one thing that we're not taking a break from is uh, being in awe of what God has for us. A couple weeks ago, DJ said something about uh, that he is light on biblical application when he preaches, but heavy on having us be in awe of the God that we worship and we serve. And that's really the purpose of the message today, that as we look at honeybees, that we'll be in awe of that part of God's creation. And there are a number of lessons that I've learned, I should say am learning, as I work with honeybees at home. So this morning, for the children's sermon, I want to talk a little bit about some of the tools that I use uh, as a beekeeper, and most of them I keep in this bag. You can see there's a bee brush here. That is to move the bees along, and uh, they're not where I want them to be, or they're someplace where I don't want them to be. They don't like this, by the way. And uh, let's see, I have also a hive tool, and you can see that there's a sharp blade on this end. That's for cracking the boxes apart. A beehive is a, a boxes that are stacked together, and the bees seal that together with uh, something called propolis that they make from tree sap. And it's very sticky, so you have to stick that blade through there and pop it apart. The J-bend is for lifting the frames out of the top of the beehive, so that helps me get a hold of the frame, lift it up so I can get my fingers on there. Um, another tool is the smoker. Have any of you seen the bee movie? Yeah. What does, the, what does the smoker do in the bee movie? You remember? Kills the bees. Oh, my, no. <laughs> we don't want to kill the bees. Do, do you remember from the bee movie? It makes them sleepy is what it does in the movie. That is not what it does. When you smoke the bees, they get pretty excited, but they go down into the hive, and I'll show some pictures of this later, they go down into the hive, and they fill their honey stomachs with nectar. Now, how do you feel after a big Thanksgiving meal? Probably like you want to take a nap, right? And so do the bees. They get a little sluggish, and they're less likely to sting me. That's why I use the smoker. So that's when they get sluggish is after they drink the nectar. All right, I have something else that I want to show you. Anybody know what this is? It's a hat, but it's more than a hat. It's a bee hat, that's right. It has a veil on it, right? And why would I wear this? Yeah, why would I wear it? So that bees don't sting me, especially on the face. And that's usually where they go for. 
They go for your eyes, your nose, your ears, your mouth. Yeah. In fact, if I wear my Fitbit, they go for that. They think that that's an eye or a nose or whatever. So I can't wear that. But, you know, I want to show you a, a picture. Uh, let me get my remote here. Take a look at this picture. And I have a box of bees. And when you buy bees, this is, you get a box like this. There are three pounds of bees in there. Three pounds, that's about 10,000 bees. All right? There's a can in there that feed the bees. And then after you take the queen out and put the queen in the hive, and I'll explain that later, you take the box of 10,000 bees and you turn it upside down and shake them into the hive. Now, I have to say that the first time that I did that, I was a, a little thrilled. You know, I was a little nervous. 10,000 stinging insects, and I'm going like this, dumping them into the hive. But do you notice anything about that picture? What am I wearing? Yeah, sweatshirt. Am I, do I have my bee suit on? No. Do I have my bee veil on? Why not? because I forgot it. <laughs> well. Do you see the bees on my sweatshirt? Do you see the one bee on my right hand? I did not get stung once when I did that. I did not get stung. I didn't forget it. I knew I didn't need it. And I've done this about seven times, and I've never worn a veil or my bee suit whenever I've done it. And the bees have never stung me when I've put them into the hive. And there's a reason for that. You see, the bees have nothing to defend. Honeybees are defensive insects. They're not aggressive like a yellow jacket might be or a wasp or a hornet. They'll sting you if you get just too close. But pollinators and honeybees, which are a type of pollinator, are defensive. But they have nothing to defend. They don't have a hive. They don't, they're coming shipped in a box. So there's no hive for them to protect or def <coughs> excuse me, defend. There's no queen to protect or defend. There's no young in the hive yet to defend. And there's no food storage that they're defending. So there's no reason for them to sting. They have nothing to defend or protect. <coughs> All of us as Christians are called to be defenders of the faith. Now, what's your faith? What you believe. Yeah, what you believe. We are asked to defend what we believe. That means that when we see something happening that we know is wrong, we should either go the other way or say something about it, address it. In our own behavior, we should always be making the right choices. We should always be following what Jesus taught us to do when he was here on this earth. That's defending the faith. And just as the bees defend their hive and their queen and their food source and their young, we are called to defend our faith. And it's a very important job that we have. One of the most important as a Christian always making the right choice, speaking up when we need to, defending the faith. All right, let's pray. Father God, we pray that each of us, each and every one of us, not just the boys and girls that are here this morning, but each of us in this room 
would take seriously the role of defender of the faith. Help us to view our faith as that precious, precious gift that it is. And when we are out in the world, especially, and we see something happening that isn't right, goes against your will and your way and your son's teachings, that we should speak up and do something about it and thus be defenders of the faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, boys and girls. If you want to go back and sit with your families, you can, or you can stay up front. That's up to you. Okay? All right. Our scripture for today, and I appreciated the the, uh, verses. I think it was Psalm 19 that that Danny read this morning. Uh, Fit in very nicely with what we're going to be talking about today. But our scripture, that we're going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures. But the main scripture that I chose is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as where he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, But God has put the the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And I think the meaning of that scripture will become more apparent as we continue to examine uh, the life of bees this morning. So the, the title of the message today is What Bees Have Taught Me About Living a Godly Life. And I should say, are teaching me. I don't want you to think that I've arrived at all ten of these lessons, okay? I'm still working on them. I'm still learning. And I hope that you will learn from them as well. And there are ten of them that I'd like to share with you today. Uh, About five years ago, my wife and I decided to take a beekeeping course over at the Montgomery County 4-H Center and become beekeepers. We first took the course about 10 years ago, and we said, we can't do this while we're still working. We need to wait until we're retired. This is too much work. And so that's what we did. Uh, Connie was all excited about it until I started getting stung. And you cannot be a beekeeper and not get stung. You will get stung. I'm getting better. I've only been stung about a dozen times this year so far. (laughs) 
First year, I lost count. I mean, I was stung more than twice that in one time, 20-some times in one time. So in any case, it, it's, uh, you get better at it. I found this graphic from Psalm 119, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And as I said, I'm going to be talking about a lot of different scriptures this morning uh, because that, that is just like honey. It's just like honey to us, sweeter to our mouth. This is from Job, a, a scripture that talks about the created world. But ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. So there are lessons to be gained by looking at God's creation, by exploring it. Those lessons are there if we look closely enough and if we look deeply enough. So the first lesson is to be on guard, to be on guard. And that's one of the jobs that the, the bees actually fulfill, uh, the guard bees. Uh, they do that after they're a couple of weeks old. And in the summertime, uh, worker bees only live about six or eight weeks. That is their lifespan. That is all the longer that they live. And they stand guard literally at the entrance of the beehive, looking for any enemies that might be coming, any other bees from other colonies that might be coming in to rob the honey stores that they have, and they are very protective. They're looking for me, too, sometimes. And uh, bees actually can uh, it's, uh, believe that they have facial recognition. Here are some guard bees that are busy at work. There are six or eight there, and if you look carefully in the center, there's a yellow jacket. Yellow jacket is a an enemy of the bees. Yellow jackets will come in, get a worker bee, and take that worker bee back to their, uh, their own nest for food. So here they're biting and stinging the yellow jacket. They're surrounding it, they're raising its body temperature, and it died. I watched this myself. I was really excited to see my girls doing this. <laughs> it meant that uh, we have a healthy hive, and they were on the ball. After that yellow jacket was dead, they picked it up, airlifted it out, and disposed of it. They got rid of it. So it's important to be on guard. Now, I talked about the smoker a little while ago with the children's sermon. When that smoke is introduced into the hive, they are on alert. The whole colony reacts to that. Now, when you open up a beehive, this is what you might see. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not putting my hands in that, all right? So you use the smoker. You start a fire in there with some pine needles or some brown wrapping paper, something like that, until it smolders. A few puffs of smoke is all it takes. The next picture is the same top of the hive 20 seconds later. They're all down in the hive. They're on alert. They think that there's a fire, right, because of the smoke. And what are they doing? There we go. They're gorging themselves on the nectar or the honey. They're filling up their honey stomachs because they think they're going to have to move that and go somewhere else if the hive is actually in danger. And when that happens, when their bellies are full, they're more sluggish and less likely to sting me, which is what that's all about. 
First Peter 5 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. <coughs> Sorry, to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. We all, especially in the world in which we live today, need to be on guard. We need to constantly be watching and looking for anything that would shift our focus away from what God would have us to do from following his will in our lives. So the first lesson is to be on guard. The next lesson is to keep it clean. You hear that, kids? Keep it clean. Bees are very hygienic. They are absolutely, the inside of a beehive is almost antiseptic. That's one of the reasons why honey never spoils, because there are just no germs in the hive. Now get a load of this, guys. The bees will never go to the bathroom inside their hive. Never. Even in the wintertime when they can't leave. Yeah. So what do they do? They hold it. <laughs> yeah, they really do. They wait for a day when it's about 40, 45, 50 degrees, and then they go out. They make a cleansing flight, it's called. They turn around and go right back into the hive. And if there's snow on the ground, you can see these streaks of bee poop on the snow when they go out to cleanse, and then go back in once again. So bees are very hygienic. Here's a bee that is cleaning its antenna. And antenna are a very important part of the bee's anatomy. Uh, the antenna have sent so many sensors on, it's just amazing. They smell. They can feel with that. They use the antenna when they're building. And remember that everything that bees do is in the dark inside the hive. So they're using the, the antenna to feel the thickness of the wax comb that they're building to make sure that it's built just right. And it's very important that they keep those antenna clean. I'm going to show you a video. and We don't have any audio on this, so I'm going to narrate it instead. But uh, you can see the, the bees using their antenna. There's some nectar that they just took from a flower on uh, her bee tongue. The, the, uh, I, you could give a whole message just on them using their antennas. They help to locate flowers with their antennas, pollen sources as well as a water source. But the bees have an interesting part of their anatomy. On their front legs is a little notch. Now watch closely and you'll see that the bee is cleaning her antenna with that notch. That notch is lined with small hair. What's another view here? Watch that. Now, I think that is absolutely amazing, that God created the bees with this little notch on their front legs that's the perfect size for cleaning their antenna so that they can wipe the pollen off of it. And if you look at this uh, diagram of a bee, that's the antenna cleaner right there on their front leg. That just is a marvel to me, that that's the, the way that the bees are created, to keep those antenna good and clean. I'm going to show you another video, and these are our bees. This is with uh, propping my iPhone on the front porch of a, a beehive. And originally, I took this video uh, for my grandkids. I wanted to show them the bees bringing pollen back into the hive. And if you look closely, as they're coming in for a landing, there goes one. You can see that some of the bees have egg-shaped 
pollen on their hind legs. They have little baskets on their hind legs that kind of work like this with the fibers, and they pack the pollen in there and uh, bring it into the hive. That's, pollen has, some pollen has 40% protein in it, so that's a very good thing for them. But you know, this is what I caught at the end of the video. Watch at the bottom of the screen, and you're going to see a bee, and there it is, turn around, pulling something out, dragging something up, and taking off. I just caught that at the very end of the video. That's the last frame of the video. Here's the next of the last frame. See the bee taking off? Look what it's carrying. What's, what is it? A dead bee. A dead bee. You're right. And the way you know it's dead, the wings are tattered on that dead bee that it's carrying. That's an undertaker bee. <laughs> and they are making sure that the hive is kept clean inside. The, he's taking that bee out and getting rid of it outside of the hive. So again, it's important to keep it clean. This next video uh, is, shows the life cycle of a bee, but the reason I wanted to show you, it's only a minute long, is for the cleaner bees at the end. So let me just show you. This is a bee egg. It's changing into a larva. That's the next stage. These are the larvae in the cell. They're swimming around. The nurse bees have fed these bees. How'd you like to swim around in your breakfast cereal like that in the morning? And then the larva changes into a pupa. It's three days an egg, six days a larva, and 12 days as a pupa. So you can see it's developing. And here's the same development from the top. There are varroa mites in there, which are a threat to the bees. You can see the pigment in its eyes developing. And there are no such thing as baby bees. When the bee is done developing and it emerges, it's an adult bee. They, uh, the skin shrivels up, they, they sprout hair, and now watch how they're cleaning each other. They'll use their bee tongues. See the tongues? All right, now watch the cleaner bees coming in. There's a cleaner bee, there's another one right there. They, that's the first job that they have. As soon as a bee emerges, within a couple minutes, they start cleaning the cells. The first cell that they clean is the cell that they came out of. They get it ready for the queen to come in and lay another egg. So it's really important to keep it clean. Philippians 4 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's really important to keep it clean. Make sure that we surround ourselves with good and positive influences in our lives. Some of you uh, adults have heard the expression garbage in, garbage out. That's right. So it's really important that we make sure that we put good things in because then good things will come out. I, I tell the story about when my son was in high school. Uh, he had just gotten a, a, a Jeep Cherokee and had a tape deck in it. Do you know what a tape deck is, you guys? <laughs> and I had to move it. So I got the keys, and I turned it on, and the music that came out of the radio was horrible. It wasn't just bad music. The lyrics were offensive. The lyrics were really bad. And I said to my son, what are you doing listening to that garbage? And he said, well, I really like the music. I really like the beat. I really like the music. I said, well, what about the lyrics? 
He said, oh, I can, I can, you know, ignore that. I said, Matt, you have to realize that the more you listen to that, the more it's going to become a part of you, and the next thing you know, it's going to come out. So we always have to make sure that we put good things in, just like the scripture says. Whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely, that's what we should be focusing on. So again, remember to keep it clean. Now this one's really difficult. Eliminate detractors. Eliminate detractors. I showed you some pictures of other bees, right? Some worker bees. If I were to show you a picture or a cartoon of a drone bee, the male bee, this would be it. <laughs> Sitting on the couch, eating honey, watching TV. Drone bees don't do anything to help the hive in which they live. Nothing. My wife bought me a t-shirt that has drone on it and <laughs> a picture of a drone. I was wondering if she was trying to tell me something. But, you know, the drones really don't do anything. Now, they're important, you know. Without the drones, we wouldn't have other bees. So the drones go out and they mate with other queens from other colonies. And they give their life when they do that. They die when they mate with a queen. But they don't do anything to help the hive in which they live. And so guess what happens in the fall? Another video. And drones are bigger. They're a little bigger than a worker bee. If you look closely, you can see the worker bees kicking the drones out of the hive for the winter. There goes one over the edge right there. <laughs> now, they are so serious about this. And you'll see drones trying to fly back in, too. And they get kicked back out again. But the worker bees are so serious about doing this that they will actually chew the wings off of the drones so that they can't fly back. Yeah. Hey, what's the scripture for that, right? This is going to be interesting. They get rid of the drones. And why? Because the drones are just going to lie around and eat honey all winter long. And the hive needs 50 pounds of honey to get through the winter. 50 pounds in this area. 75 pounds in Vermont. So they need all the honey that they possibly can if they're going to make it through the winter time. So I said, what's the scripture for that, right? Well, let's take a look at some verses. 2 Thessalonians 3. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. It's kind of related to the keep it clean one almost. You know, surrounding ourselves with positive people, making sure that we associate with those who are going to further the kingdom. These are Jesus' words. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. So Jesus is even saying, if you're not received well, leave, move on. He also said in Matthew 7, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So this is a warning, again, to make sure that when we speak to others that it's being received, that it's not something that they're, go they're going to take and use to hurt us. 1 Corinthians says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So it's important, again, to surround ourselves with positive people. 
Now, that, does that mean that we stay away from all other people? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But we have to be very careful. We have to be very cautious. Again, that, part of that goes with being a defender of the faith, I think. Romans 12 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we have to have that idea of love. We have to carry that with us. And uh, Romans, also in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it takes wisdom. It takes discernment to know how we should act and respond to other people. Again, eliminating detractors is not an easy lesson to learn or carry out. It takes a lot of wisdom. It takes a lot of prayer, asking for the Spirit to guide and direct us. All right, the next lesson. Know your role. Know your role in the hive, okay, for the bees. Now, I showed you a couple of cartoons already with the cleaner bee and the guard bee, but there are other jobs here as well. You have the nurse bee in the bottom left-hand corner. They take care of the brood, the, the young larva, and they create the caps for over the top when they're ready to develop into a pupa. You have the builder bees. They use the wax that they make from glands on their bellies. They take that wax, chew it, and then make comb out of it. The comb is structurally very strong. It's just amazing. It really is. And it's made perfectly. Perfect thickness, and the, uh, it's two-sided. They're staggered so that the center joint is in the middle of the other openings on the one side. Makes it very structurally sound. They have, uh, you have the pollen and nectar gatherers or foragers at the top. You have the honey makers. Uh, they're the ones that flap their wings to evaporate the water out of the nectar to make it honey. When it becomes 17% water, it's honey and they cap it. You have the scout bees that go out and find those sources of nectar and pollen. And uh, then you have the bees that are going to go out and establish a new hive. They're going to pack their suitcase and they're going to go and, and establish another hive, which is how the, a bee colony reproduces itself. So it's very important for the bees to know their role. And a, a bee will go through all these jobs in the course of its lifetime, even though they only live six to eight weeks in the, in the summertime. Part of our scripture for today said, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. The reason that a hive is successful is because all the worker bees are doing their jobs. And it's a lot of bees. I have a hive at home that has probably 40 or 50,000 bees in it right now. And they're going out to gather nectar so that they can make honey, all doing their job. And they need to do that if they're going to survive. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, this is uh, the beginning uh, of the passage. We didn't read this this morning, but this is the beginning part of the passage that I shared. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. There are different ways to serve the same Lord, and we can each do different things. Yet the same God works in all of us and helps us in everything we do. The question is, which worker bee will you be? You know, what is your job? The th important thing for us to remember is that the job of a Christian, the role of a Christian, is not getting up on a Sunday morning and making it to church. That's not our job. Our job is to consider the gifts that God has given to us and how does God want us to use those gifts in the body to further the kingdom. 
Each of us has a role to play because each of us has gifts that God has given to us. Lesson number five, serve one ruler. Who's the ruler in the hive? The queen bee. How many queens are there? One. If there's more than one, that's a problem. That's a big problem. So it's very important for us to serve one ruler. Here's the cartoon of the queen. And this is what a queen bee actually looks like. You can see there's a little bit of yellow paint on its uh, thorax. There's a closer view. A queen will lay between 1,500 and 2,000 eggs a day. They have to keep that workforce up. Uh, with the workers only lasting six to eight weeks, they have to have new bees coming into the workforce all the time. Whoops. There we go. From Luke 4, this is uh, about Jesus' temptation. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he said it is written. Well, Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy 6. Fear the Lord your God. Serve him only. Take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of, of the peoples around you. And, of course, that's really part of one of the Ten Commandments, the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. So it's important for us to serve one ruler. In the world in which we live, there are other gods that we can serve, other things that would shift our focus away from the one true God. We want to make sure that we don't have idols in our life, anything else that is taking our worship and our service and our attention away from the one true God. Now, related to the queen is lesson number six, only the best for the sovereign. Sovereign would be the, the ruler, like a king or a queen. And the bees give the queen a special type of food. Now, laying 1,500 to 2,000 eggs a day, she's got to keep her strength up. But a queen will not feed herself. She will not. In fact, when you get a package of bees and you get a queen with that package, the queen comes in a little box. A little box just like this. Take a look at it. Pass it around. Go ahead. At the left end of the box is sugar. And the, the worker bees that are in there with her, and there are three or four worker bees that have been raised with that queen in that little cage with her, they will make royal jelly out of that sugar and feed that to the queen. Very high in nutrition. The other bees in that package, in that box, would kill the queen because they haven't been raised with her. They don't recognize her through her pheromone, through her scent. And so that's why she's in the cage. It's to protect her. And you want to get them acclimated so that they will accept the queen. So, you know, you put the little queen cage in the hive, you fasten it in there, you dump the bees in, and then you let it go for three to five days. Usually they'll build some comb right on that little box, that little queen cage, which is a welcoming sign. We accept you, come on out and, and lay eggs. And so then what you do, <clears throat> at the end of the box is a little cork, and very carefully I use this little awl and poke that cork in so that the queen can come out and go down into the hive and start laying eggs. 
But only the best for the sovereign refers to what the other bees, the worker bees, feed her. Uh, here you can see that uh, the hive has decided that they need to develop a new queen. And so they're developing a queen cup, which they will develop into a queen cell. Kind of looks like a peanut. This a queen actually observed from, uh, uh, emerged from this in our hive. You can see the bottom is chewed open. The queen actually came out. And then she has to go out and mate with other drones from another colony to, and then get back. But the worker bees are always feeding her royal jelly. And here's a queen cell that's been dissected. That's a queen larva. And you can see the royal jelly at the top of the cell that's going to feed her uh, while she's developing. You can buy royal jelly. You can buy that and take that as a food supplement. And these are uh, uh, some of the things that are, it's purported to be able to do for you. Uh, and and you know, there's a lot of benefits to um, honey, pollen, and royal jelly. Beekeepers live longer than other people do. That's not why we decided to be beekeepers, but that's okay with us. You know? uh, and they believe it's because you're exposed to all the good things that are in the hive when you're working with them. I thought of this hymn when I thought only the best for the sovereign, too. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of your youth. Familiar old hymn. This is the second and third stanzas. Give of your best to the master. Give him first place in your heart. So only the best for our God. We should be giving him first and foremost what we have. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And as Jesus often did, he was quoting from the Torah. He was quoting from Old Testament scripture. If you look in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. All right, lesson number seven. Live to serve. I showed you this slide before with all the roles of the worker bees, they are all serving the colony. They're all serving the hive to help the hive be successful and to help it move forward. We have to remember that we each have a job to play and that we're doing that not to benefit our, ourselves, but to serve our Lord. The question is, how will we serve him? By doing so, we become God's hands, God's feet, God's mouth. We actually carry out. How do we serve God? We do it by serving others. That's what it's all about. Matthew 25 says, Then the king will say to those at his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me, and I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When <clears throat> did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So by serving each other, we're serving God. We always have to remember that. That's what we're called to do, to help to meet the needs of other people. Lesson number eight, be prepared to give your life. Hard one, difficult one, 
You know, uh, these are the pollinators in the upper left-hand corner and the bottom right, the bumblebee and the honeybee. I always tell the kids when I do a presentation at an elementary school, if it's fuzzy, it's friendly. So if you get close enough to an insect that's yellow and black and you can see that it's fuzzy, try not to kill it. Uh, but the yellow jackets, the hornets, the wasps, they are aggressive. They're going to sting you. And, uh, you know, they can sting you multiple times. But an interesting thing about a honeybee is that a honeybee can only sting you once. Now, remember I said that uh, they're defensive, they're not aggressive when I showed you this slide earlier. Here's a bee stinging someone, and you can see the stinger sticking in their skin. That's because there are barbs on the end of a honeybee's stinger. When it stings you, it leaves part of its body behind. That part actually gets ripped out, and it dies in about two minutes. So a honeybee really doesn't want to sting you, but it will if it has to. If it feels as though it has to defend the hive, it will give its life. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. He said that in the upper room. Uh, John wrote, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So that's really difficult, you know, to give our life in dying, but we're not always called to do that. Look at the rest of this passage, verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So we give our lives, not just our life in living, but also our life in the material possessions that we have, what we have. We want to make sure that we're sharing those with other people as well. Lesson number nine, work together for the common good. As I said, in the hive, everybody works together for the benefit of uh, the common of, uh, good of the hive. In the body, we want to work together for the good of the body and to further God's kingdom. If you look at this frame from one of our hives, there's a lot going on on that frame. In the upper two corners, that's capped honey. Honey that they've made, it's 17% moisture. They've capped it over with wax. Bordering that is nectar. And there are honeymaker bees that are right there fanning their wings, evaporating the uh, moisture from that nectar to make it honey. So those areas of honey will get bigger as they develop more. The little Piece, uh, the little cells in the honeycomb that are orange or brown, that's pollen that they've collected. So there's food there. And then on the bottom, all of those capped cells are young that they're raising. That's where the queen has laid an egg, they've developed into pupa, and they're capped over. So there's a lot going on there. And again, it's all for the common good. It's all for the benefit of the hive. <clears throat> First Corinthians 1 I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. So we're really uh, called to have a oneness of thought and mind. In fact, that's what Jesus really prayed for us in John 17. Uh, again, in the upper room, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are all one, as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. 
The world will know that you have sent me, Jesus is saying, by our unity. Unfortunately, the Christian church has not done a real good job with showing unity to the world. And so unity is something that's very important. Again, uh, whoops. Lesson number 10. And teamwork produces a golden treasure. Uh, I'm going to, you know, make that apply to us as Christians by inserting the word eternal in there also. And what's the treasure that a hive produces? Well, it's honey. And 16 ounces of honey requires 1,152 bees to travel 112,000 miles and visit 4.1 million flowers. That's for one pound, one pound jar of honey. And of course, they need 50 pounds to get through the winter before I can take any. This is what a beekeeper loves to see. This is a full frame of capped honey, and it's capped on both sides. That could be three to seven pounds of honey on that one frame. And this is some of our honey. I have Dave's honey on there. I thought that maybe I should have my wife's picture on the label. <laughs> Matthew 6, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Honey never spoils. They found 2,000-year-old honey in an Egyptian pyramid. It was still good after 2,000 years. If you buy honey and it has an expiration date on it, Probably not pure honey, probably not, because it will never go bad, just as the treasure that we store in heaven never goes bad either. It's an eternal treasure. So those are the lessons that uh, keeping bees have taught me. And uh, one other passage of scripture, Romans 1, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without an excuse. We can find these lessons that are of eternal value in the created world, in the creation that God uh, has made for us and that benefits us. So here are the 10 lessons. Be on guard, keep it clean, eliminate detractors, know your role, serve one ruler, only the best for the sovereign, live to serve, be prepared to give your life, not only your life in dying, but also your life in living. Work together for the common good, and teamwork produces an eternal treasure. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for the, the lessons that we can gain from your creation. And this morning, we especially thank you for these lessons that we can gain from bees. And as Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Help us to gain from these lessons and help us to be able to apply them to our daily living. It's important for us to uh, be observant, but it's more important to carry out the lessons that we learn. So help us to put those truths, help us to put our faith into action. Help us to be your hands, your feet, and your mouth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive the benediction. We praise you, God Almighty, for the power you have in creating the world. We thank you for your love in redeeming us from sin and in creating us anew in Christ.
Grant us strength in this life to honor you, Lord God, both in our words, our worship, and in our witness. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. Depart in peace.